there's never been a better time to be a direct-to-consumer business. Join us as we uncover the strategies and scaling secrets of the world's most disruptive brands and agencies. This is DTC by Pilot House. Happy New Year, everyone. So this is Eric Dick, Editor-in-Chief of D2C. It was my birthday on the 28th, and I always find this time between Christmas and New Year's to be a great time for personal reflection, mainly because no one wants to hang out. So who boy, do I have a lot to reflect on this year. What follows is a highlight reel of the biggest strategic insights and tactical takeaways from the D2C podcast in 2020. We'll start with some overarching strategic themes and move into some key tactical takeaways, which uh, Kyle Guilfoyle pulled out for us from the podcast. So let's start at the beginning. Uh, let's start with episode one, the pilot episode, and let's talk about angle testing. So here's the backstory. I accepted a job as director of content at Pilot House on March 18th, the same day that the province of British Columbia declared a state of emergency regarding COVID-19. I was in my driveway on the phone with Jeff Shannon finalizing details, and I felt a rush of gratefulness and excitement. I had the distinct feeling of boarding a rocket ship as the world threatened to crumble around the launch pad. Having known the founders of Pilot House for years and having built in similar spaces, I had been triangulating a way to work with them for a while. When I joined Pilot House, we had no idea what was going to happen and fear the worst. How would the pandemic lockdowns affect the D2C space? How would our clients fare? On Friday of my first week at Pilot House, I wanted to just start getting our voice out there. So I threw up my green screen, rounded up some experts on the team, and recorded some content. This was pre-D2C, so we called it the pilot episode of the Pilot House project. This conversation between co-founders happened when Pilot House had around 25 employees. It contained a detailed breakdown of the major factors and strategies that have led us to grow our clients' revenues astronomically in 2020 and to grow to our, our team to over 90 employees just 10 months later. So this podcast had it all, like the extreme growth of the COVID years, uh, the booming lead gen and luxury opportunities, uh, transparency and alignment with clients, suppliers, and employees, Facebook ads, account simplification and consolidation, the imperative of constant creative and angle testing and the importance of bundling your products to raise AOV. It's so interesting to think that in this very first podcast, like the kernel of success that we would experience uh, for the rest of the next 10 months was, was right there for the taking. Uh, so the insight that I wanted to zoom in on from this episode was Dave's example of a heated lunchbox company from Pilot House's early days and how the team finds, creates, structures, and scales with angles. So angles are simply the answer to the question, what are the ways we can sell this product? They are linguistic, emotional hooks that stop a user from scrolling and entice them to engage. Using angles is as old as advertising, but what's changed is the constant feedback loop we now have access to. With endless inventory and an ever-sharpening algorithm that allows you to rapidly iterate, it's possible to find the concepts that resonate best with audiences. Angle creation starts with a deep dive with clients. We review all their materials, all product reviews and testimonials to start pulling ideas. With research shared, we'll initiate a brainstorm between the accounts buyers and the creative leads. How can we sell this product? What problems does it solve? For who? We'll create a document with 25 high-level angles we want to explore. For lunchboxes, it could look like heated food all day, hearty meals away from home, construction worker lunch, your kid deserves warm lunches, save money, eat better. 
From there, we'll create matching headlines and images for each of the 25 angles. These go into Facebook and the battle royale begins. When you find angles that work, dig deeper on those and ask yourself why they resonate to reveal new aspects of the angle. When you find trends, you can start building the angles into your landing page for further conver or conversion rate gains. When you blast these angles into Facebook's audiences, it creates positive tension where Facebook's algorithm is trying to find you the right customer while your angle is trying to find the right audience. Your angles find your customers and draw them to engage. The angle that worked best in the case of the heated lunchbox came from their testimonials and product reviews. One testimonial said, I sent my son to school with a big, fat, juicy steak. We zeroed in on this phrase, building out a whole story for the emotional journey of sending your kid to school with that much pride. It quickly became the winning angle and drove significantly more sales than any other. So the TLDR here is don't skimp on angles, don't skimp on angle testing, and always look to your customer's own words to fuel your angle strategies. Uh, if you're looking for a smart way to refresh your angles in 21, 2021, check out Vox Verba, voxverba.com. Andrea, is a found, uh, the founder, is a friend of mine, and she's just launched this AI-backed service, which for only $100 will transform your customer's own words into sales copy with a custom copywriting guide and a brand positioning insight report built entirely from your customer's voices. Andrea has worked with some of the world's biggest brands on semantic and narrative analysis of their customers' words. She's boiled down this process into a $100 service that you can get for 20% off with the promo code DTC20. Um, this is not not a sales job here. We're just I'm just excited about this platform. I'm excited for my friend, and I really feel like it's something that a lot of brands could use heading into the year 2021 uh, to refresh their angles. So, uh, for the second uh, key uh, strategic insight of the year, I turn to my friend Dave Huffman, who, if you watch this podcast, I actually called him Dan Huffman very awkwardly in the in the first sentence, so that was a little bit little bit rough. But uh, let's call this one D2C Podcast Episode 3, Performance Marketing and the Huffman Strategic Formula. So here's the backstory. In 2005, I started working at an affiliate marketing company called Neverblue. When I applied and interviewed from a Dairy Queen booth, I really had no idea what they did. Over the next seven years, I learned all about digital performance affiliate marketing, which was a newish idea in 2005. At that point, affiliate marketing was more about building websites and monetizing passively through organic search traffic. But as Google AdWords gained steam, so too did performance media buying affiliate networks like Neverblue. Being an affiliate marketer is kind of like being a Mandalorian bounty hunter without as much armor or honor. You select an offer, you go out and buy traffic and hopefully produce a conversion which is worth more than the traffic you bought it for. Your profit margin depends solely on your skill and your ability to read and react to data. Uh, because you have zero control over the product as an affiliate, you focus entirely on how to target and get people to buy it. This kind of focus leads to innovation. As an affiliate marketer, you push the boundaries constantly, both on the ad creative and the targeting, the traffic targeting, to make every single impression and click count. The data feedback loop and endless stream of traffic allows you to optimize ruthlessly and achieve profitability, ideally. If this sounds familiar, it might be because it's what we write about almost every week. Pilothouse eats, sleeps, and breathes it. Jeff, Kyle, and Andrew, Pilothouse's co-founders, also all came up at Neverblue with me. As hotshot media buyers back then, we'd scoff at the Mad Men mentality of big ad buys that measured brand lift and sentiment. 
We'd see companies being taken to the cleaners by big digital agencies that had media buyers who'd never been in the trenches, pulling levers to make every cent count. We'd say, one day, performance marketers will take it all over. Around this time, Dave Huffman was working at one of the other biggest media buying affiliate networks, ClickBank. He was learning the same lessons about digital direct marketing. He's part of a trend I've noticed in 2020, a performance marketers coming from the same background as me, taking over high profile growth marketing positions at exciting companies. Turns out we were right. So this interview stands out to me as one of the most value-packed 60 minutes I've ever recorded. Dave is a fountain of great information as he chronicles his marketing team's growth from 1 to 15 in just three months, along with all the tactics and strategies that worked best driving $50 million in revenue uh, with his supplement company. So this podcast has a lot in it. So you know, among, among those things is how to truly differentiate in your niche and why category creation is a must. Uh, he gives you direct instructions for the free plus shipping model that is still the leading uh, revenue driver for that company. He talks about why site-wide promo strategy is king, uh, about why um, about this affiliate traffic source, the registration path, and why it's returning in a big way. This is a really underrated insight from all of these podcasts. Uh, as well as the strategic formula that sorts your team out, which we'll get into, um, how your podcast should be the central pillar of your marketing strategy, as well as getting into some interesting thing called a Colby analysis, which is a, an assessment that measures how people take action. And, and he talked quite a bit about how he used this in his team. But the piece that I wanted to zoom in on for this key insight was the ultimate strategic formula, conversion times AOV times frequency equals revenue. Uh, so the piece that I wanted to zoom in on from this podcast was this strategic formula that Dave provided. He learned it from Drew Sanaki, who's another guy uh, who's bringing a ruthless performers mar performance marketer's mindset to some of the world's biggest brands. So the formula is number of purchases or conversions times average order value times buyer frequency. So Dave's words are best, and I'll just actually read uh, you know, what, what he actually said. So each quarter I sent benchmarks for conversion, AOV, and frequency. And then we have an ultimate goal, which is revenue. Uh, and we just use those levers to impact the revenue. The beauty of it is when you look at, uh, when you look at it as a formula, you can decide to pull one level lever two or three, or you can just use two to balance out the third. Every time we drive one up, another one falls. We acquired 8,000 new customers last month. When we did that, our AOV went from $185 to $98. And then some days it was at $45. Here you can see we're overloading acquisition and driving AOV through the toilet. So then next month, we just average that out a little bit. We back off acquisition and we focus more on frequency. With a strategic formula, all of your team's actions could be filtered through one of those prisms. All of your actions can work towards increasing one of those three factors. Our team is built around this strategic formula. So our performance marketing team owns customer volume or the, the first time buyer acquisition. Our director of CRO, conversion rate optimization, really owns AOV, average order value or the size of the order. Our head of email owns buyer frequency through re repeat purchasers. So when we're setting these targets for these objectives, they really know immediately what they need to do. I don't even need to say, okay guys, fill out the back end flows. I just say, this quarter, we need to increase buyer frequency from 42 back up to 60. So, you know, Carrie, who, who runs email, she knows this immediately and she knows what she needs to do to make it happen. And then we're all just kind of off to the races. So the TLDR here is that the 
evolution of performance marketing has been an amazing thing to be a part of back from those affiliate marketing days all the way up to these amazing brands that we're working with now. Uh, Dave Hoffman, aka Drew Sanaki's strategic formula is an incredible example of the highest evolution of the performance marketer's mindset, where you really let the data tell the story. Data is meaningless if you don't know what to do with it. By filtering through this, by filtering the data through this strategic formula, you can make common rational sense of your top priorities as a business on a day-to-day basis. Um, yeah, so that was uh, an absolute uh, amazing podcast. Very great to get to know Dave Huffman uh, and not Dan. Again, apologies for calling you Dan in our first podcast, Dave. Uh, insight number three from D2C podcast number six. Tom Shipley and the D2C Masterclass. So Tom Shipley is one of the world's original first mover DTC icons. He started Karenique, a high nine-figure woman's hair brand in 2009. I was lucky to meet him through a mutual friend and have him on the D2C podcast back in August. So Tom exudes kindness, magnetism, and confidence. He's a D2C trailblazer, having established many of the key mindset strategies and tactics that thousands of other brands have emulated since he laid it all down. Our interview with Tom was one of the most impactful discussions we had in 2020, and it was impossible to limit the insights to just one in this cast. Tom's backstory serves as a parable for how to be successful in D2C and in life. So please enjoy his words directly. So here's the backstory. Uh, Tom's, Tom's backstory serves as the ultimate 2020 reminder of how to be successful in the D2C space, as he tells it. In the middle of college, I decided to take a shift in life and pursue a passion. I had actually, uh, and I actually moved to Israel at the age of 20. Getting into special forces changed the way I thought about life, and it also changed the way I thought about business. As entrepreneurs, the probability that you can actually grow a brand to a million or 10 million or 100 million and sustain it over five years is substantially less than 1%. A normal person looking at it from the outside in would say it's impossible. As entrepreneurs, our responsibility is to shut that out and stay focused on the goal. That's what I learned at the age of 20 in the Israeli Special Forces. I knew that the standing army was 170,000 soldiers. Of those, 60,000 are combat soldiers. And of those, there were uh, 10,000 trying to get into this special forces unit. Those 10K get put through physical, technical, and emotional tests to whittle them down to just 500 soldiers. Those 500 soldiers get put through five or six days of hell to break you in every way and test your integrity, your physical endurance, your mental capability, and lots more. Out of those 500, they picked 25 to join the special forces. 18 months later, 13 of us were left, and that was the team. This process we went through and the philosophies we picked up created the foundation for my entire entrepreneurial career. After going through this process, I realized that everything was possible. There is no such thing as an obstacle that can't be overcome with innovation and focus. I love the theme of the movie The Martian, where Matt Damon's character is stranded on Mars against all odds. At the end of the movie, Matt Damon's character talks about what he did when all hope was lost. His advice is to identify the biggest problem that's right in front of you, focused on it with all your resources while keeping the end goal in mind. Knock each task down and move to the next, like dominoes, as you focus on the most immediate and impactful issue, you'll create momentum and each issue will become easier to solve than the previous one. If you keep it up, you're going to get home from Mars pretty soon. No matter how impossible a whole task might seem from the outside looking in, when you break it into a series of single steps, anything is possible. 
Entrepreneurship means focusing on each challenge sequentially. And when all the chips are down, all you need is a plan that's impossible enough to be possible. It's happened to all seasoned entrepreneurs where everyone around us has said, give up, you're done. But there's something that's inherent to entrepreneurs. We don't quit and we, we will figure out a way. There's a Hebrew expression. I will find a way or I will create the way. I will follow a path where someone else has laid down the framework. Like I love existing frameworks, but if I don't have any, then I'll create one and we'll find a way to do it. This is what we did at Karanik. We sketched it out on the back of a napkin. And sure enough, just a few months later, we were up and running. We did our first million of sales two years later. Then we had 10 million in sales. And then 18 months later, we hit our first $100 million in sales cumulatively just for that year. Amazing. So Tom's true superpower, we asked Tom what his true superpower was. Uh, and it kind of echoes what we talked a lot with uh, with Dave Hoffman, but it's worth reiterating. Tom's superpower is always knowing his numbers. He says, I know my numbers. I'm a numbers guy. I run my numbers before I ever run an offer, even loose numbers. Get them on a napkin and look at the assumptions and see if they hold up. If you're properly monitoring your conversion rates and your average lifetime value, you can quickly make money. There are key points of leverage in every business model. You always have to find and understand what the key levers are and really focus on those. Only the analytics will get you there. If you fly too fast without numbers, you can lose everything. I've seen it over and over and over again, especially in this business where your bottom line is so much harder to keep a running count of and your sales have to mature over 30 days. I think there's a lot of people in these early years of D2C that have been flying at a loss without realizing it. I find it interesting when entrepreneurs are so focused on their top line revenue. Personally, I don't give a shit about my top line revenue. I've seen so many businesses explode because that's what they focus on. I want to successfully 10x my bottom line while I'm delighting my customers. That's the formula for long-term success. Do you know how to increase your bottom line by 50%? Increase your average order value by 5%. Increase your conversion by 5%. Increase your repeat order rate by 5%. If you increase each of these by 5%, you'll increase your bottom line by 50%. The math is exponential there. Some people are so focused on price, they say, I can't change anymore. Have you tested the price? Most people don't test prices. Yes, you might take a slight hit in conversion, but you have to focus on the bottom line. I was having a call with a friend who'd been struggling to grow his business. He's a PhD and he's brilliant. I asked him to run me through the numbers. I said, what's your acquisition cost? I looked at his Facebook dashboard with him just to confirm it. Now talk to me about your lifetime value. Tell me about the number of people taking your initial offer. What percent are taking the upsells? What is your actual lifetime value? It turned out that the reason he had been having trouble growing is that he'd been focusing on the initial offer and not his big ticket crossover. But when you combine the two together, he was getting close to an eight times ROAS on his spending. I said, dude, just spend more. He was concerned about the cash flow. I said, listen, you have access to cash, so just go all in. Why are you hesitant here? You have a profitable business, so why not invest in yourself? You have to know your numbers cold, and you have to watch them. And when you do, the world opens up to you because you really understand the true unit economics of your business. Tom's next insight is on the power of brand story. 
So he says, it's not good enough for you to find a great product. A product without a story is not a great product. If you say, I have a new type of plastic that creates the best type of bottles, no one will care because there's no story there. Finding a product with a great story is the way to really grow a brand. Customer behavior is shifting and understanding the true motives of your customers is critical. When you understand your customers and how they relate to your products and your content, you can pivot a little bit to create a unique vehicle to tell a new story. Where you tell it is less important than the story itself. Yes, I'm always looking for ways to find new channels with underpriced attention. At one time, we were the third largest radio advertiser in the United States, and now we're not on radio. For a long period, radio was a great example of underpriced attention, same as print advertising before it. Right now, the underpriced attention is on YouTube, so we're doubling down there, but it's not enough to spend into any channel if you don't have a story for your product. I love new offers, products, and stories. Merging these concepts has been game-changing for my business. Whenever we're having a dip or whenever we're looking to hit that next level of growth, I've been able to merge a product, offer, and story together to create that next opportunity for growth. And expanding on this, uh, we get into expanding your content offerings to support product stickiness. So I'm thinking about doing things at a different level with a different type of content, Tom says. Take a Karenique customer as an example. Could I sell to her in a way which meets some of her other needs? I found myself thinking, if we're the champions of hair regrowth, can we be the champions of self-esteem and confidence as you age? What kind of content or program or curriculum could we offer that provides this intangible value where she feels better about the, about the brand? Maybe it's a product or a free digital download or an app that enhances her life and creates a tangible benefit that creates stickiness, stickiness with your customer to grow LTV. One thing I'm looking at is creating a five-day challenge that would turn into a webinar program or course that I can sell. There again, it's all increasing the dimension of her life. And the upper level of that funnel that we were talking about would be a summit in New York City. Another great example is Lululemon, who puts on running events called Seaweeds in Vancouver, New York, and in Europe. These are massive music festival-type running events. They get tens of thousands of people going. They have custom, custom shorts and custom shirts that you can only get at these events. I've talked to people on the inside at Lululemon, and the amount of merchandise they sell because of these summits is unbelievable. And on top of that, the feeling that people get when they go and take part of this exclusive event is irreplaceable. So the TLDR here is, is stretched across a few things, uh, but things that seem objectively impossible, like joining the Israeli Special Forces, exiting your D2C business, or getting home from Mars when you're stranded there, are doable when you focus on each critical issue in order and never give up. Then further, to unlock the potential of your D2C business, you must have complete command of your numbers. Uh, you must also build a solid brand story to merge with your product offers and content. So yeah, I just want to thank everyone for this amazing 2020. It's been a really fun year. It's been amazing to be building this business with the Pilot House team, as well as the, the D2C team that we've been building out. If you're looking for the top tactical takeaways from 2020, you got to go to directtoconsumer.co and subscribe to the newsletter where you will find them in this week's special New Year's episode. Um, but I wanted to, yeah, thanks thanks everyone for listening. If, if, if you guys are building brands out there in D2C land, uh, I want to hear from you. Send me a note at uh, eric at directtoconsumer.co. Tell me what you're building and tell us how you can how, how we can help. 
Uh, we're really excited to continue building uh, the newsletter to, to grow our subscriber base there and also to grow our D2C Plus, which you can also go to d2cplus.co to join our membership community to get access to our monthly workshops as well as a bunch of other exclusive content. Um, yeah, I'm about to uh, go for the day and uh, and jump into my uh, my daughter's birthday celebrations, which are starting very soon. Uh, and then into the new year where we'll be tackling big things in D2C land. So uh, thanks again, everyone. And uh, we will see you in 2021. <laughs>